And welcome back in Monday edition Stripe Show podcast. And look who has joined us over there wearing his Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey straight off a win in New Orleans. They finally got it to the Saints after getting whipped the first two times during the season. But the Bucs pulled out Tom Brady back to the conference championship for the 14th straight time the number one fan he's back froggy i can see the glow from here my man you know it's been what like you just said he's going to his 14th championship game i i still don't believe it we've now played we've had a season of 16 games we've won two playoff games so 18 times i've seen tom brady run out of the tunnel and stand under center wearing the pewter and white and red and i still i still don't believe it i still yeah. uh it is unbelievable to watch what, what's happening it's great as a fan we are living through some really amazing times right now and i know it's probably a little better for me because i am a fan of the buccaneers but if you're a football fan it's pretty amazing watching what this man is able to do what he's able to accomplish last night's game was special with breeze and brady um we really are. We're living through times. Too often we hear about how great somebody was. Like, yeah. I don't remember watching Jack Nicholas be great. I know he was. I've seen the highlights, but I don't. I didn't watch it. Uh, I've watched Tiger Woods' greatness. I've watched LeBron's greatness. And now I'm getting a front row seat at watching Tom Brady's greatness. We are truly lucky to be living through these days and times. Yeah. I mean, he's 43 years of age and uh, still playing at a high level. I'm 43. We're the same age. And I was not winning a divisional round playoff game uh, in the NFL. Rather, actually, I was following closely uh, my app as I had a lot of money on uh, Joaquin Neiman to win. So I was really pushing him along. See, there's yeah. a difference. Brady is making it happen, and I'm sitting there hoping, hoping it happens <laughs> and driving myself nuts because if Neiman wins, it's 500 coming my way. That's it's not a problem. I don't need intervention, but no. it's it's maddening. Right, how good my team looked in fantasy golf heading into the weekend with Neiman winning and Malnati there and Henley. Here comes my man uh, Cameron Davis, and it was all there. Neiman hits the ball terrible on yeah. Sunday, and uh, you know there's uh, Kevin Na in the winner's circle. So I want to break all that down. I got a lot I want to talk about with you. Um, we're going to talk about the Sony Open. We're going to talk about Justin Thomas. We're going to talk about Jordan Spieth. This is going to be a, a spirited show. But my first question to you, Frog, I know you watch the golf there too, parallel to your Bucks. Did Brennan still lose that tournament? Or, uh, you know, he shot 37 plus two in the back nine. The back nine was playing pretty easy. Did Brennan still lose it or did Kevin Na win it? Well, you know, I hate to say somebody crumbles, but, you know, two over on the back nine is not good, uh, especially there. Um, but Kevin Na did, it's not like he completely came back to the field. Kevin Na also made his share of birdies on the back and, 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 and aided. So I, I'm going to go, it was a 50, 50. He did shoot, uh, you know, two over on the back. Say he, all he's got to do is shoot even on the back and he wins a golf tournament. Yep. Um, but Kevin Na did make a run on the back. He made some nice putts. He made some nice shots. So I can't totally blame it on Brendan. You know, uh, Justin Leonard talked about, he made mention on the telecast. He, he didn't think it was nerves with, with Brendan Steele. He was like, I don't think it's nerves. I just don't think he has it today, but I, I disagree with that because Brendan shot three under in the front. He made some good par saving putts. Yeah. Early. 
He dropped a haymaker on nine for yeah. Eagle. That eagle he made on nine was nice. What do you have like a hundred and seventy yards in on a par yeah. five? He hits it just past the pin and rolls in a twenty footer for eagle. Yeah, I think he. I think it opened up a four shot lead, and then he gets a bad break on ten. He hits the corner of the bunker, but you know a poor shot there. I, I thought he looked pretty nervous to be honest with you. And I was texting with someone that's in his camp um, there on the back nine, and you know they felt like he was getting ahead of himself, uh, moving pretty fast. Uh, making a lot of defensive swings, uh, just wasn't the same Brendan Steele, particularly in the back nine, although he did get away with some really poor swings in the front with the putter. But, um, you know, you recall, you go back to last year, he finished second at the Sony, and he was right there in the fairway, and he hit that big hook out of nowhere left uh, with the chance to win, and they right. go to the playoff, and, and Smith uh, gets him in the playoff. But um, I think it is nerves with uh, Brendan Steele down the stretch. He's clearly world-class player, but I, I, I disagree with Leonard. I think there was a lot of nerves there uh, down the stretch. Open the door and in walks Kevin Na. You know, Kevin Na, to me, is such an interesting player to watch play the game. I'm curious for you, Froggy, when you watch Kevin Na play, play golf, what do, what do you think of? It doesn't inspire me to grab my sticks and go to the range, I can tell you that. <laughs> um it's almost like he has like a nervous like motion about him. Like his whole body, nothing looks comfortable. The only thing I enjoy watching Kevin Na is walking putts in. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, there's nothing there that like I can. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I am a complete golf freak. Um, I study swings, and you know, mm -hmm. I'm extremely technical where I really shouldn't be. And I can tell you, I've never really uh, Google searched. Kevin uh, down the line slow mo. I'm I'm just not. I, I don't want to yeah. repeat that motion. Yeah. But the walking in putts, I do enjoy. I think it's fun. Yeah, he gets away with a lot, right? Like he's he's getting away with these club these early pickups of the tee. Like he'll hit a driver and he's picking his tee up. Right. He's in the fairway, hits the iron. He's twirling the club. He's walking in putts. I'm curious, like if, if there's some guys on tour that play with him. Are like, all right, man, this guy's, I know he's a good dude, but he's a little cocky too. I mean, it, it walks the line. He kind of gets away with it because he's a good guy. He's got a nice smile. You know, he's kind of a smaller guy. And uh, he kind of gets away with some of this stuff. But, hey, if Patrick Reed, DeChambeau, I mean, some right. of these guys are pulling off some of this stuff. They're like, man, who is this guy? Who does right. he think he is? And not kind of just gets away with it and gives you that little cheesy smile. And, uh, and here he is. You know, five wins now. He's won uh, the last four seasons. The only guys to do that are DJ and Bryson. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Right. I mean, guy hits it barely out of his shadow off the tee and uh, and is winning on the PGA Tour. Now, granted, this is a place that was a little bit more conducive to that. But, you know, they had two tournaments in Hawaii, and the win didn't blow. I mean, eight days of tournament golf, and we're talking like 10 miles an hour at yeah, the no, most. Yeah, no, none of the windy conditions we normally see. Soft conditions, and they took advantage of it. I mean, he loses. I was looking at him statistically. Nah loses strokes off the tape. He's kind of got an inconsistent approach game. He's either – it just feels like with Nah, like he's either just hitting it everywhere and is going to shoot 77 and spiral and finish T-141st, or his approach game is a little bit more on point, and then he just lets the short game and the putter go to work, and he's like a surgeon. He just kind of just slowly works his way through it and I'll tell you, he gets in, he, he gets in the hunt, and he, he's not scared. I mean, he, he can put you away walking in putts to boot. It's, it's an interesting question to watch people. Do you like watching Kevin not play? I kind of do, but he just gets away with a lot of stuff, too. A lot of yeah. these little 
little things that we would get pissed off about if someone else was doing it. It is. You know, when he played last year, I believe it was last year or the year. No, excuse me. It was the year before last. Uh, he played on Sunday with Tiger at the players. And um, Tiger was, you know, Tiger had seen enough of it by 17. So that's when Tiger did the little walk, tried to walk it in a little earlier on a tap-in putt than Kevin had done. And he laughed it off and whatever. But you can see that it absolutely has to get to you after a little while. So, you know, if you if you were playing golf with one of your buddies and they started doing that, you'd be like, all yeah. right, listen, dude, stop. Exactly. I don't care how much you like them. Right. It would get on your nerves. Oh, if I'm playing with one of my buddies and he's hitting his driver and he's going to the tee before it hits the apex, twirling the clubs, walking it in from eight feet. We're talking like three feet of putt left walking it. I'd be like, I'd be, that would get to me. Right. I don't care. I don't care if he's my best friend. I don't care if it's you, Froggy. Like we're out there playing. Like, I'm going to say, all right, enough, enough. Like, who do you think you are? Or I'm not, or or I'm going to do something to make you screw up, so you got to stop doing that one or the other. <laughs> that dude starts making putts. Look out! For He's sure, one of the best putters and that's what, and, and and that's exactly it. The short game, you know, it's too often. I'm you as a teacher, you know this. We spend so much time trying to, you know, bang balls on the range. Nobody's standing over there on, on the short game area. That's all he's doing. His short game is better. He doesn't. He doesn't get. He doesn't hit it far enough to get in trouble off the tee. And if his iron game is anywhere near around the green and his short game's on, yeah. watch out for Kevin Na. Yeah, and the recoil. Don't forget about the driver recoil where it's like, whew, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't take him seven days to hit a shot anymore. He's he's fixed that. So you know. <laughs> he's he's a trip. I mean, he really yeah. is. He he's a trip. I mean, he gets away with more stuff that ninety nine percent of people aren't getting away with. No, but you know, you brought up earlier. Joaquin Neiman, he said, I know he hasn't won. Yeah. But he's had a pretty solid start to the season. Lost in the playoff at uh, at the Century and then finishes uh, T2 in the Sony. So he's had a pretty good start. I saw some crazy stat yesterday. He's like, like some crazy number under par. 45. Uh, in Harai. Yeah. I mean, it really, he's playing really, really well right now, which did not play well yesterday. But, you know, I did it, it, it's going to come going to come together for him and he is playing well yeah 45 under between the two tournaments um you, you know he man well, I, there's a lot of things that i could that i could a lot of angles that i could go with neiman he's a player that i have been watching for quite some time of course he won the Greenbrier. Right. he didn't hit the ball good at all on sunday and and was still there now Steele let him back in it um shooting two over on the back but um, he hit a lot of hooks yesterday. That's my only thing with him. He'll hit some hooks off the tee, and that'll get him in trouble. And he had a little more room there. I think he got away with it a bit um, at the Sony. But I think the most encouraging thing with Neiman, um, if you look at him, you, you know from week in, week out, for the most part, you're going to get a great ball striker. The kid can really, really go. He's long. He's pretty accurate off the tee. He's going to gobble you up, stroke scan approach. But his putting's improved, Froggy. I mean, his putting is getting better. And it's not just the two weeks at Hawaii where he finished positive strokes game putting. He was 2.4 Sony. He was one at tournament of champions, right. but you, you're seeing a stretch here now, really all the way back to August. He's only finished. He's only lost strokes twice since August. And before that you're talking a consecutive run of probably seven or eight tournaments, losing stroke. That was his opportunity is he needed to become a better putter. And I think he is, right. um, you watch him, his distance control is really good. Even the putts he didn't make looked like they were going in. He just looks 
there's something there that looks special about the young man. You know, I mean, he, he really looks like if he can just continue on this trajectory, he's going to clip off another win. He's long, he's accurate, good approach game. Hutter's improving. I would have just liked to seen him win that tournament. So I had a few more dollar bills in my pocket today. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I would really like to see him pick, pick up the, um, I guess, you would, consistency. But do you do you think are the hooks coming from excessive face rotation or is that just is it something he just gets nervous yeah. and that's what happens? I mean, you I know, think he just probably your miss is always sp- exacerbated or, or or made worse. Yeah, when you're under pressure. So is 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 that his normal miss as a hook to the left? I think so. I think he gets a little under it, like you saw on the par three seventeenth. He kind of got under it he and blocked tried to it. Save it with his hands. Yeah. Uh, blocked it way out to the right. You know, he hit a couple of those shots with his irons um, on Sunday. And then he chips it in. I mean, just incredible right. little pitch shot, right? But then on 18, he hits that low left. He hit a few of those. Um, and, um, you know, I, that's the same thing. He kind of gets under it, and then he's got he's to get the face to rotate over a little bit more. And then right. the face turns down, and, and he hits that low left. So we're being hypercritical here of a world-class player who his trajectory is just on its way. But that low left can get problematic, and I think he knows what it is. He knows what he needs to work on to to make it happen. Um, but I, I think you could probably just look at that, that there, there was probably a handful of just kind of low left tee shots that probably right. cost him the tournament, um, and, or he would have had his second win. But I really like watching him play. I really do. He, a lot wiry. Of I love how how low that right shoulder is through impact. I mean, he really gets hips open, but stays in his spine angle. Yeah. Excessively long. Oh, he can go. Let me tell you something. This kid is 320 off the tee. I mean, he can, he can bust, he can bust it out there. And he's a good iron player too. I mean, he really, he's a good iron player. His ball striking. I don't look that, that low left. I think that's easily cured. Um, if he can keep the putter moving the way that it is on the trajectory that it is, he is going to win golf tournaments. And he almost won on Sunday with what I would say was his C minus ball striking yeah. game. Yeah, I would D plus. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. If I yeah. tried to keep my right shoulder that low through impact, you'd have to call the ambulance to come pick me up <laughs> off the first tee. <laughs> and that's after I hit it four inches fat coming through. Yeah, you know, I get that question a lot. That's a good point. Like, you know, that that pressure on the back, that side bend, right, where you kind of get going underneath like yeah. that, that. That's probably something at some point that he'll have to, you know, and when he gets too much of that, that leads to that path working out to the right. So I'm, I'm sure for him, he's trying to do less of that and stay on top of it more. Right. Um, as you saw in that fairway bunker shot, which was just a phenomenal shot um, that he hit to like four feet. I believe it was on 15 it was just an incredible fairy yeah. bunker shot. Like that's a shot you've got to be on top of it, right? Rather than under it. If you're if you're under it with a fairway bunker shot, you'll drop kick it right into the right. face of the bunker. I mean, it doesn't right. work. So um anyway, he he's um he's a player to watch. I, I really am a fan of Joaquin. I've been all over him um with a lot of my plays and um he uh, just come up a little bit short, you know, in, in Hawaii, but what a run. Uh fifth win for Kevin Na. And now we come back to the mainland, Froggy, and we come back to uh, La Quinta. It looks like they're going to play just the two courses. They're not going to play all three this time, which is fine with me. That's a lot to keep track of. Gee, 
Christmas, three courses yeah. uh, at the American Express. And, and good fields continue. We got Brooks back, um, John Rom back. You know, hey, let me, I want to ask you about Rom in the century. Sure looked like to me Rom was uh, starting to get a little disgruntled again um, under the collar. A lot of F-bombs. You know, I know he's been working on his temper, but I'll tell you what, Rom looked as aggravated and as impatient as can be at Century. Be curious to see what he's going to do at Amex. What do you, what do you think? What do you, what are you expecting from John Rom this year, Froggy? I still don't get the equipment change. I think it was a money grab. Um, I think anytime you have an equipment change, you're obviously introducing completely new technology into your game. I know he played Callaway in college, but he had been playing Taylor made it had made it to number one in the world had been playing very well. I think the only old club he's using right now is the old Taylor made spider putter. Um, but otherwise he switched all over to Callaway. So I think there's going to be some growing pains there and that takes patience. I mean, you've seen it with any player when, when Rory left, um, Titleist and went to Nike and then, uh, subsequently when Nike got out of the hard goods business and went over to TaylorMade, um, you've seen it with, you know, a lot of guys, an uh, equipment change. You ask, ask Justin Rose and, uh, Sergio Garcia about equipment changes. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And oh. you need patience. And, and, and if you were to ask me to name you five of John Rom's best attributes, I don't <laughs> think patience would be one of those. So I'm not sure how it's going to pan out. I do think John Rom is a world-class talent. I think he will figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, but I think it might be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a rough ride um, going in. The only thing he has going for him is that he did play, this equipment in college. So it's yeah. not totally new. Um, but he's always been a little bit of a hothead when things don't exactly go as he thinks they're going to go. I don't want to say when they don't go well, because I mean, sometimes you show up to the golf course, you know, you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. You just know this is not, this is not going to be the week, but when you show up to the golf course and you think, Hey, I'm hitting it well, which was by, he told us in the kind of introductory presser with Phil that he shot 59 the first time he went out. So obviously he felt he was playing well. Um, but when that doesn't show up in tournament rounds, we know how the reactions have been. And so that's obviously the biggest thing that's holding him back. You know, none of it makes sense to me, really. But I get it's a financial situation, but how much money does John Rom need? I mean, he's going to, he's made a lot of money to this point. And he's I mean, what do you think it was? Like, let's be honest. How much do you think it was? What do you think? Because, I mean, it's not like Taylor made offered him zero. And so whatever he got, it was more. So do you think he's making, you think they're paying him five mil a year? I don't know. I mean, it's got to be another five to 10, doesn't it? I would think. Okay. So let's say it's 5 million more a year than what he was getting um, at TaylorMade. Yeah. So uh, just to speak in round figures, 5 yeah. million more a year. Well, how many times a year was he winning? He was winning two, two, two a year, well, three a year? He's coming off his best. He's coming off of the best golf that he's played. I mean, since the Players' Championship, when he, um, when he lost it to Rory, right? And he right. made that bad decision at 11 and kind of spiraled and he had the lead on Sunday. I mean, him and DJ played the best golf in the world. And right. and and Rom up until this little last uh 4 or 5 months of DJ was the best. You know, right. he got to number 1 in the world. He won the Order of Merit Froggy on the European Tour. And then he comes over here and plays great golf. Here we get into the West Coast swing. Just to give you an idea, we go all the way back, um, you know, into his two wins. You know, he hit Memorial. That, that's what I was trying to get to. Memorial, he wins back in July. That's right. when he got to the number one player in the world. 
Then he goes, you know, 13th at the PGA, 6th at the Northern Trust, wins the BMW beating DJ head-to-head, 2nd at the Zozo, 7th at the Mad. I mean, okay. So it's that's like my the guy's point is, winning and add those, at the... Add those numbers up. Add the, yeah. those winnings up. Those winnings are worth more than $5 million that you're going to get changing clubs. Now, if he's able to change clubs and he's and it works, then that's great. I just... Yeah. I'm just not a fan of the money grab. I've seen the way it's worked out for Sergio. It was it was bad, and for Justin Rose, it was bad too. Two guys that were playing well, um, and I can't imagine. I I don't know for sure, and I'm I'm not speaking with having any knowledge of this. I can't imagine Taylor May didn't offer him to stay. Oh, I you know I'm you sure they would. You would think coming off of the the play that I just went through. Um, right. You would think they would have offered him. Now somebody else may have offered him more and he took the more. But yeah. I just, you know, patience is not something that uh really runs very deep with Rom. Mm-hmm. And I think you're gonna have to have some patience now as we get started on a new season. Yeah. And um we'll see what happens. It's just I just disagree with the with the change. Anytime you make a change like that, it needs to be for the right reasons. Maybe if you're not playing well. And you want to try, you need a different equipment or you want this or you want that, or they're going to do it differently. But I just, you know, it's hard to believe that he's going to find better equipment. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to, I mean, he's got, got a lot to live up to, you know, with um, the equipment that, uh, that he was playing that, well, he was top two. I mean, certainly top three with JT, you know, I mean. And I love the group of guys they had at Taylor May. They just had a good group of guys with Tiger and, and uh, just uh, uh, Dustin Johnson and Matt, and then they've added Matt Wolf and Morikawa, and they had John. Ron- I, I just loved the group that they had, and that's nothing against mm-hmm. um, Tommy Fleetwood. I think he's great, and he'll be a great addition as well too. Um, anytime you watch their social media stuff, they put out when they do the, you know, they do the when they show the new irons and they're hitting it and messing around with her. It yeah. always seemed like they, like they all kind of meshed well together. You know, it's just I thought at the time with like Justin Rose, and I said it many times in the pod. It was I just felt like it was a little out out of character. For him, you know, like I've met Justin a couple of times. I mean, just a great guy, a yeah. sweetheart of a guy. Super nice dude. Super nice dude. Feels like, or, you know, I, I talk, I know his coach, Sean Foley, very well. We've talked about Justin a couple of times. And, you know, it's like I always just kind of got the impression that, like, Justin was, you know, very process oriented, um, has his team, you know, let's, let's find what's working and let's, Let's go. Let's roll the. Let's let's right. turn the wheels and let's let's just continue to figure things out, and not make these impulse decisions, um, knee jerk reactions, chase the money. And, yeah, and he just got the number one in the world when he made the change. Just got the number one in the world, and all of a sudden now we change to Homa. He's in every commercial imaginable, like more than Ricky Fowler. I'm just looking at. It, I'm like, this doesn't even add up to me. No. With Justin Rose, and then I think about Rom, and I've never met Rom. But it kind of feels a little bit, you know, the same way, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, like Justin, like another, like less risk, you know, don't take the risk, you know, and then these, these decisions come about. And then even with Rom, it just feels like, is it a little out of, yes, he's impatient, but there's, that's not an excuse for the equipment that he was using. He, the equipment he was using was, right. was delivering top of the line performance. So correct. I don't know. It just feels a little out of character. Um, you know, he's a world-class player. He's going to make some things work. But the question is, you're going to win the order of merit. You're going to win a couple times um, throughout the season, have numerous top tens, and be a factor in major championships like you were. So that's that remains to be seen. It'll be something to follow. And 
I just felt like I, I just I didn't like what I saw from John Rahm at Century. No, I, I agree. Didn't. I you, didn't like what I was seeing, uh, and I didn't like what I was hearing. It just felt a little bit of regression from the emotional standpoint. And I know these mics are out there. We've talked about it, Froggy. These mics now, right? They want to go inside. They want to hear what people are saying. And um, and and my advice to some of these networks would maybe be to go ahead and put a buffer on it, right? right? So we don't hear six f bombs from Rom, and then. But or is that what they want? See, that's what I don't understand. You you know that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get them talking about what they had dinner last night at the Outback. That's not happening. They want the emotional. That's the thing is that when we watched, you know, during the pandemic, when the pandemic first started and we Mm -hmm. we get these guys mic'd up. If you remember the very first Tiger Phil match, okay, the very first one, not the one with Tom and Peyton, but the very first one, just the two of them. It's been a year and a half ago now, on the day after Thanksgiving. The argument was there wasn't enough talking. They didn't really, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't say much. Okay. So then second time around, there was going to be more talking. But yet what's always the one that the one everybody talks about is the one where the guy gets caught saying the F-bomb or he gets caught upset or, you know, I enjoy when like Bones, I enjoy nothing was better than hearing Bones and Phil talk a shout out. Yeah. I'm a golf nerd. So I, I, I love that stuff. Just like you would love to hear them talking about, hey, you know, we could flight it down, we could this, we could that. Like, oh, that stuff's great. But for the average golf fan, if they want mics on players, number one, what you're going to get is guys cursing. There, There's no difference to me in a guy standing on the 17th tee trying to win a golf tournament than there is Tom Brady under center in the fourth quarter trying to win a ball game. They're both doing the same thing in their own element. It, they're equal. I know that it's different sports and, and there is a, a different form of, of, uh, you know, activity level. But at the end of the day, both people are trying to win their craft. That's what yeah. they're, they're trying to win the, 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 the game that they're in. So you wouldn't put a live mic on an NFL team and, and hang it over the huddle. You know what you're no. going to hear. It's just, that's what you're going to get. And then, well, they do have a mic in the huddle. You can hear, you can hear there's mics out there. Yeah. But you, I guarantee you, listen, I've been on an NFL sideline. <laughs> you are not hearing what they're saying to each other. The way they talk oh. to each other is unbelievable. But no, I know, I know. It's a and game. And, yeah. and I get, and I, and I respect it. Yeah. But, and, and, and I'm not saying, look, I mean, like, you just have to, if you're going to have the mics, the NFL does a good job of buffering out what needs to be buffered out. I, I, to some, I mean, for whatever yeah, reason. It's not live. They, they're going to make sure that what you hear later is right. fine. But, but, right. But then when what happened to Justin Thomas this past week, or mm-hmm. I guess at the century, so it's been more than a week, it's just wrong. It's wrong. I'm not defending what Justin Thomas did. I'm not defending the action. He, it's been extremely well documented. He said he was sorry. Um, to me, what he said, yes, it was wrong. But number one, he was talking to himself. Mm-hmm. He was not demeaning another player, another competitor, uh, a patron. A, a fan, uh, a volunteer. He wasn't talking to, I mean, nobody. He wasn't even talking to his caddy. He should not have said it, but he has said that. He's owned it. But then a week later, now the guy loses one of his biggest sponsors. We've come to a point where, number one, you can't make a mistake because if you do make a mistake and you say, I'm sorry, that's not enough. And also, if you do want microphones added, this is ex- exhibit A. If I'm a player going, uh-uh, I'm not doing it because 
something comes out of my mouth in the heat of battle, and I'm gonna I, I stand to lose way more than I stand to gain. Yeah, no, I, I think that's for, for certain where it's going. Um, there, there's there's a lot that you said there. I think first and foremost, the, the the television networks need to buffer this out a little bit. Like, you can't run it live. I don't there's think there's got to be are. a delay on it. There's got to be a delay. I mean, you have to. You, you can't have mics out there, and then have that many. I'm talking what Rom was saying, you know, where you're buffering some of that stuff out. Now with JT, it was the homophobic slur, right? which um, has now since cost him Ralph Lauren's um, endorsement deal. And I, I got to tell you, Frank, I have thought about this a lot, just really trying to look at it from every possible angle. And I think JT owned it. Um, I think JT has an upstanding history, right? He has been, from what I can see, very good for Ralph Lauren, very right. good for the PGA Tour in all of his sponsors. The tricky thing is, is to put yourself in the shoes of Ralph Lauren, right? Like, or uh, Apollo and put yourself in those shoes. How do you, you know, you know, because they didn't put themselves in that situation. Now, Justin Thomas has put themselves in that situation and there has to be some disciplinary action, I would think, right? Well, right? The tour right. is going to find JT. You're not going to know what it is. But there has to be some disciplinary action. We can't create an environment where I can just say whatever I say as long as I apologize, right? Like, well, there has to be some discipline. But he's not a repeat offender. Like, he's not if a, repeat he's offender. a repeat offender. If we had been seeing this from Justin Thomas over and over and over again, then yeah, I would say I, I, I get why they had to pull out. But, but, but number one, there was not a big, huge stink about this. You know, he said it last, what, Saturday? He said it the day, right? He said it on, a sat on the Saturday round, round three at mm -hmm. the century. They dropped him on Thursday or Friday the following week. There was no huge blowback over what Justin Thomas said. Because once again, he, owned he it. said it to himself. He yeah. wasn't derogatory or demeaning another competitor or a fan or a volunteer. It was not meant that way. And so I just feel like it's a knee-jerk reaction of it's all or nothing. You know, for example, you have yeah. children. So you have children. So let's say Banks yeah. does something that you don't like. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't take his iPad and throw it in the garbage can or throw it in the lake. You take it away from him. You punish him for a little bit. You give it back to him. Now, if he continues to do the same thing over and over again, then yes, the punishment ramps up. Yeah. This was Justin Thomas is not a repeat offender. He's not a bad said, guy. I think you know, right. I agree. I agree. I think you hit it on the head. It's all, it feels all or nothing, right? This right. cancel culture is all or nothing. And it, it how do you I make a mistake? What, I mean, yeah, I don't think I, it had to be all there. I, I just don't. I don't think that there had there could be something else that could be done from Ralph Wren from a punishment standpoint and from a contractual standpoint. But who knows? I mean, maybe they were looking on the they wanted out to some way, and, they, and this right. is how they that's do it. So that makes sense. Is they wanted right. it out? Yeah, we don't know that, but I agree. It's just this all or nothing cancel culture is just is 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 crazy. I do think. Look on on one side. Look, I, I think JT. He said it, whether he was saying it to himself or someone like, you know, that's, he you can't say that stuff it. out loud. You can't, you can't, you can't scream that stuff out no matter where you are, let alone with microphones, you know, all around you. So yeah, I do think there has to be some disciplinary action, but I don't think it needs to be all or nothing to where Polo comes down and says, look, we're going to take away the entire endorsement deal. Like, wow, right, that's a this. strong, strong statement considering someone who's been right from a my perspective. ambassador an incredible ambassador let me ask you this if he had missed that putt and just said f you to himself 
Same exact demeanor. No issues. Agree? Same exact demeanor, no issues. Yeah, I mean, Ralph Lauren's not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to let him go for that. Which is ridiculous because they're both technically and in the spirit of the game, they're both wrong. But because of the cancel culture and because of where we are, it feels almost sometimes like we have overcorrected. Yeah. Like we were, we yeah. were, were, were we on a course that was wrong? Absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't deny that at all. There are some things that do need to be fixed, but you can't fix it by being here and then going up. Oh, we're going to go all the way over here. Yeah. Like that's just it. That's how the world ground. is though. We that's have how to the world the is now. It's very, it like, it's very, it's all, or nothing. it's all or nothing. You're either on this side or on this side. And I just, I've never lived that way from a political standpoint. No. And, and, and in my life, I've never lived that way. And I think you have to look at both sides of it here. And I don't think it has to be all or nothing. I just don't. I don't no. think you have to just strip the whole thing and say, nope, just because you made that one comment to yourself, incredibly wrong, albeit. Right. Um, now but we're going to determine who he the is. entire endorsement deal that we've had. It just, I agree. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the move um, from Polo and, um, you know, now it's going to be interesting to see what uh, there's Tyler's a lot of clothing companies out there. I'd have to think does you need to let then, it die down. You obviously have to let it die down. Let it go. Clothing companies will step up, and somebody will step up. I oh. do believe that somebody will step up um, and and step in. You know, one incident doesn't determine his career. No, you know, no. for example, Tiger Woods really. I mean, he he really messed up. All right, yep. Tiger really he really screwed the pooch pretty good back yep. in uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And, but that and, doesn't determine his whole career. No, when, when it's no. all said and done. That's just a blip on the radar. And that the JT is right now. I know right now, probably to him, this feels very large. Mm-hmm. I know he's, he uh, had been vacationing in the Maldives after century. He was in the Maldives. He's going to play in the European tour. Yep. This week, I believe um, right now, this feels really big, but in the grand scheme of his career, when it's all said and done, when he writes the final chapter, this will not even be a blip on the radar. We just have to get through it. And I'm sure JT will learn from it. Yeah, of course. But, but how do we learn from it? How does how does corporate America learn from it? How do mm-hmm. we as fans, how do we learn from it? And that's where I think there has to be some give and take on both sides. That yeah, there needs no, to be I agree. When God says he's sorry and he's not a repeat offender. Now, listen, if he goes on, the, uh, if he goes to the European tour next week and he misses a putt and he says it again, then I am all, then you know what, then, then we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's not a problem. I'm telling you this all or nothing, left or right culture is is dividing everything. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it, why can't there be a little bit of middle ground here for behavior, right? Have 100%. some middle ground for behavior in every shape and form, contractually, endorsement, there's certainly that on the PGA tour. He's going to get fined. He's not going to get kicked off the PGA tour. I mean, you right. know what I'm saying? Like right. have some middle ground. It's just, it's just common sense to me. No. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing in this cancel culture. And anyway, we could talk forever on it and JT will be fine. I agree. He'll it's, he, he's going to be just fine. He'll um, bounce back. Yeah. He'll, he'll bounce back. And you know what? I don't know JT, but watching him, I know a lot of people that do, he'll learn from it and he'll be better for it. Um, and uh, there's no question in my mind when it comes to uh, 
when it comes to that. And, you know, I one of the things I want to Nike swoosh across his uh, chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let one me of ask his you best this. friends plays for Nike. So you'd have to think maybe you, you never know. So yeah, he and Tiger well, are tight. Oh yeah. Oh, Very yeah. tight. Well, and Tiger might make the call. You know, I mean, I know it's not going to happen right now. You got to let it die down. Yeah. Let it go away. However, um, I can see it happening possibly next year. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think it'll. You probably. Now, what does he wear? Let me ask year. you this: What does he wear this week when he plays in uh, in the year? <laughs> I I guarantee it won't have a horse on it. No, <laughs> it won't have an RLX on it. It's a good question. What's what's JT going to be rocking? What do you think he's going to be like a little Travis Matthew? Maybe he kind of. You know what? No, no, no. I, I'm thinking Peter Millar. I, I think he's more. You think? I think yeah. he wears something that you really can't tell what brand it is to begin yeah. with. Yeah. I mean, he still wear the Titleist hat, obviously, but I don't. Maybe just start his own clothing line. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it won't have a horse on it. And and listen, I and let me let me make something very clear for anybody that's listening to this. I don't have anything against RLX Polo Ralph Lauren, nothing at all. No. Um, I just don't like how this was handled. Um, and I would even say that there's a chance that you know Ralph Lauren was was pushed into this because of the political climate that we're in. That I think we're all a part of going too far and not being able to have a middle of the road. I'm not, I'm not going in on Polo or Ralph Lauren. I don't have any issue with them. I just don't like how it was handled. You like how Spieth is handling this whole coaching Sucking? situation right now? You, let me ask you this. You like how as we, as we switch the switch here, I can't talk about that anymore. We'll get, you like how, uh, you like how Spieth is handling his, um, coaching matters yeah he's working with butch no no he's not Butch. no he is he's like, he trust me he's butch has seen spieth swing and has consulted and whether you know cameron approved it or not i don't know spieth has hit balls in front of butch i guarantee you that and butch has given him his thoughts on what needs to happen and but yet Spieth, you know, still has his team in place. He's just got another pair of eyes. I just think as far as Jordan Spieth goes, number one, there's no way that a young man that was as talented as he, I'm going to say, was, there's no way he forgot how to hit a golf ball. It's just not possible. So the talent didn't go away. We all know... It's well-documented. He said he worked on the wrong thing for over a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you work on the wrong thing for a year, now you've got to undo those motor patterns that you spent a year putting in place. So there's a lot going on there. So I just think the best thing for Jordan Spieth is a new set of eyes, but not a new set of eyes that are being channeled through the same set of eyes that have been, that have played a part in putting you where you are now yeah. and not to use the NFL analogy constantly, but, I see it as somebody like, you know, Andy Reid. Andy Reid didn't forget how to coach when he was in Philadelphia, which is apparent by the fact that now his message is very clear in Kansas City. Right. He's still the same Andy Reid. Yeah. He's learned a couple things, and I'm sure there are things he's done differently because of the way things worked out in Philadelphia. But sometimes a new set of eyes just works. We see, we see players in sports go from one team where they're struggling, and they go to another team, and they take off. Tom Brady's a perfect example. They said that his skills had diminished in New England and they were ready to move on. 
Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that as of this morning, after last night's victory, um, and Bill Belichick's been sitting at home and not in the playoffs, he's probably second-guessing that thought. Um, a new set of eyes would be good for Jordan Spieth. I cannot think for one second that he forgot how to play golf. There's just something going wrong, whether it's working on the wrong thing or spending the wrong amount of time on the wrong thing, whatever it is, I do believe that he will figure it out. I just don't think it's going to be with the current coach, and he's been with him a long time. Yes, yeah, I, I, I put this on Spieth. I mean, this is, you know, this situation that has transpired here is on Jordan Spieth's shoulders. He is the boss. Yeah. You know, you're the CEO he, of Jordan Spieth. You're the CEO of of Jordan Spieth. And, and I just think that he had so much success early on um, with Cameron. I mean, they were, obviously, they were great together. Obviously, right? They did so many good things. Uh, but something got stagnant. Something went haywire. And Jordan Spieth's been spiraling for the better part of two and a half, three years. And yet he's just, as the CEO, making decisions, to me, they don't make sense. You know, like they don't make sense if I'm trying to get things moving back in the wrong direction. Clearly, if you're admitting what you worked on for the better part of a year were the wrong things. Right. So now you're going back to that well, right? And now you're not changing that team and you're bringing in arguably the best teacher of all time for another set of eyes, which I'm, he's probably looking at it as like, what, <laughs> you know, I mean, Butch is probably like, okay, you know, and I doubt Butch wants to be in the consulting business. Right. You know, I mean, he, he if he's going to put his eyes on you and he can put his hands you're on all you, in or you're not, you know what I mean? I, I, I just doubt Butch is, is in that. You yeah, know? he's not playing just the tip here. You either can be all in or you're not in at all. Yeah. So I don't know. It just feels still messy to me. You know, it just feels messy. And it's he's doing. He's the CEO. Right. And he is in charge. Yeah. I like Jordan Speed. I'm cheering for him. I want him back. Golf is better with Jordan Speed. He moves the needle a little bit. He does. Not Tiger, not Rory. Not Dustin. Speed is, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think he is. I think from a needle standpoint, that fan base. Yeah, I, I think know. he is DJ. Yeah, I do. I think really? he is DJ. Yeah, I do. Um, now, it's you know it's hard to make that comparison right now because Spieth has fallen so much. I just continue to look at these decisions. They don't make well, sense. They don't make sense to me. I mean, you watch golf and you see golf differently than I do. I'm a you know I'm just a fa- I'm a, a fan and and I'm you know. I like to consider myself semi-educated on, on the golf swing and, and I can watch and see what people are doing and sometimes see that, you know, that's not exactly conventional or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you see something as somebody who coaches golf? Yeah. Do you see something he's doing that you would say, it, is, is there a simple fix for Jordan Spieth? Do you see something that's just screaming at you? I mean, I think it's, you know, I mean, he, I go back to what I said about, um, uh, Jockey Neiman, you know, he kind of, he gets under. Spieth clearly gets the path going way too far to the right. He gets a lot of blocks, and then he'll hit the low hook. Um, and he struggles it mainly with the driver when it's teed up, and I think when he's trying to hit up on it, it it gets more pronounced. And I mean, you I'm were sh- very well documented when Tom Brady played terrible in that match with Phil and Peyton and Tiger. You're like, I could fix Tom Brady. Just give me, you know, a oh, Tom's a much easier fix. Oh. Right, so that, but see, that. so that's why I ask you is... yeah. Do you see something? Because I'm sure you do sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure you watch golf. Yeah. Uh, and you see like, wow, if that guy just fixed X, 
Yeah. It would change. It would, you know, he would do this. Yeah. I think that, I think what the interesting component with Spieth is, is, you know, I, I think clearly he needs to get to moving the path to the left with the driver more. And is he willing to go through a period of maybe hitting some cuts, you know, with the driver? And, and, and start just kind of maybe hitting a little bit of a squeeze fade out there, which goes against the way that he's played for a while. But it's right. in its simplest form. So he's always been a drawer of the golf ball? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's always been a drawer of the golf ball. And his big miss off the tee is the overcook to the left, right. which, which can happen when the that. ball's teed up because then you start hanging back more, see, because you're trying to hit up on it right. a little bit. So that's... It's like Tiger, I and mean, that's the shot he struggles with, you know, is is the right-to-left tee ball. He hits a lot better when he's on top of it and hitting that little squeeze cut. So is Justin willing – or just Justin. Is Jordan willing to hit a cut off the tee for a little while? Right. right? At least to get that feel. Yeah, I think that's the fundamental question to kind of move the needle more that way with the driver. All right, so how do we do that? All right, well, it's not teed up maybe quite so high. You know, let's – Let's start aiming up the left side a little bit more. Let's maybe put a little more flexion in the right knee going back. You know, let's not get so locked down. Oh, okay. You know, he's... He, I know he, usually, you, usually you do like the straightening. The, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. not straight, but straightening of the right knee to, to oh, lose the flexion. Yeah, he... he oh, I mean... He, I mean, he locks it out almost. Oh, speed. Yeah, he... Yeah, and he, he's like DJ. I mean, he'll really lock it out. And DJ works. And DJ likes to cut it. So, and DJ, historically... um likes to put a little more, he tries to feel a little more flexion in the trail date. He does. He does. But, but he also puts more in after he is reset on the downswing. He then resets that where Jordan does not. That right hip stays high. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, okay, so let's start talking about the knee and let's start talking about the exit plane a little more to the left and what that means and covering it. And so I don't know, you know, those are, conver- those are, I mean, as a teacher, those are basic conversations, right? But the question is, is does Spieth want to move that way? You know, is he willing to move that way? You would think he would be, right, to get the driver more under control. But is he under the mindset, gosh, you know, it feels different, and now I'm going to lose distance with this fade. And, you know, like, so there's there's that feedback from the player, right. too, that that we don't know um, that goes into it. But for but Butch I'd lose to, 10 yards of distance to hit straight, you know what I mean? Butch to look at that, and, you know, Butch likes width, and he likes his players to get on top and cover it and predominantly fade it. So I would think that's where Butch would take this. And now whether, you know, Jordan wants to hear that, right, and buffer that with Cameron. I don't know. There's just a lot. You know what I'm saying? You there's a lot to of. Think at this point, he'd be pretty open to anything. There's I mean, a lot of chefs, though. Like, it's like. Where is he right now in world rankings? It's low, right? I mean, 70-something, isn't it? Oh, that's higher than I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, that's better I than I he's... thought. So, anyway, it's going to be interesting to watch. I just. I'm just kind of disappointed by the way he's handled the whole thing as the CEO of Jordan Spieth um, Enterprises. Certainly disappointed by the way Ralph Lauren has handled things. Certainly disappointed by the way Brennan still played on the back nine. And certainly walking Neiman didn't help you win some cash. Certainly disappointed by second place finished Yaki Neiman. <laughs> Cost me. Anyway, I'm not going to be that guy. You're also, I don't want to bring this up and, 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 and open an old wound. You're disappointed with your Seahawks last week as oh. well. <laughs> See, <laughs> I knew. There's been a lot of disappointment in the Fulton uh, thought process lately. Oh, 
My goodness. Yeah, I can't even go there. That's too that's too soon, Froggy. I was shocked as well. I definitely thought you would beat them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just it's you know, like that was an awful Sunday of sports for me. Awful. Yeah, Joaquin Neiman and that, yeah. Well, well, I didn't have him in that was two weeks ago. And then this Sunday I'm like, okay, this will be gone. Right. Anyway. Hey, Froggy, thanks for jumping on. Congrats to your Bucks. Thank you. You know what? You said something earlier. Is Justin Rose working with Foley again? Because yeah. at one time there had been a split, right? Yeah. So then what happened? <laughs> Justin spiraled. I mean, he just couldn't. He didn't hit it great. He, well, I think he came back from, let's see. So he came back from the uh, pandemic, and the first event was the Charles Schwab, and he was down in the Bahamas at his house, and he said, I'm fine. I think he was down there practicing and kind of split it off. You know, I'm, I'm good. And I'm pretty sure Rose, um, I'll tell you here, hang tight here. So they, he, so they are officially working. Yeah, they're back. I'm pretty sure they're back together now again. Yeah. Because I, because I remember the split that was, you know, Hey, we, you know, gone our separate ways and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a nasty split or anything. It no. was like, Hey, I'm going to do my own thing for a little bit. But, but another example of a decision by Justin Rose that didn't make a lot of sense knowing that Rose is a very technical player and likes to have those deep conversations about the swing and, and fully certainly can do that. So here we go. Yeah. They come back. He goes third at the Schwab 14th at the RBC. And then he just starts missing cuts. Missed three cuts played good at the PGA missed another probably four out of the next six tournament cuts. I mean, he didn't play that good. I mean, he had, he had, he played, he's top 10 at the PGA. Uh, he finished ninth, third of the Schwab. But other than that, I mean, Justin Rose played nowhere near to the level that um, we're no. used to seeing. But no. again, no. just all the now sudden, they're working together again, and he'll be. Is he playing he, this weekend? At the end, I don't know if Rose is playing this weekend. I doubt. It. I think he would probably be overplaying in this run on on the European tour. Oh, okay, yeah, because the European tour is getting ready to kick off. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know he didn't play any Hawaii because I I follow him on social media and I saw he was working uh, in the Bahamas. He's been working on his game. So yeah. All right, Froggy, good stuff. Appreciate it. Go beat Aaron Rodgers in those Green Bay packs. Oh, I'm hoping we can. I'm not uh, I'm not overly confident. I know we beat him earlier this year, 38 to 10. But the playoffs and Lambeau Field and that weather are going to be different <laughs> than the friendly confines of Raymond James when we played them in Tampa, and it was 82 degrees outside. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But either way, this has been a successful season, and the Tom Brady experiment has absolutely worked out in Tampa. Yep. Um, it's It's been very good for us. So uh, – I'm excited, and uh, thanks for having me on the pod. I appreciate it. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 